Welcome to Tea with Culture. My name is Hin Mizena and with me is Wael Hattar. And this episode, we're going to talk about the Dubai International Film Festival, which ran between 6th and 13th December. And with us is a guest, Chris Alario, who flew in, especially for the festival, and hung out with us the entire week. So we're going to be talking about kind of our overall impressions, some of our highlights, some of our lowlights. And uh, yeah, let's start. Hi, Chris. Hi. I'm happy to be here. Hey, well, so do you want to start by telling us what your overall impression is of the festival? I have to say, th- this is the first year. My selection of films was, was really spot on for me because usually in an old film festival, you go out and you start to decide. You read, you read things and you figure out stuff and you go for a choice. And most of the time you get like half bad, half good. Uh, but for me this year, I have to say, I think 75 or 80% were really good. So I'm quite, quite uh, pleasantly surprised. Uh, it's true. We do spend a lot of time working on on our list of films to see, and uh, we want to make sure we're happy with our choices. But of course, there's usually disappointments as well. But I remember you telling me how you were also in a specific mood that you weren't in the mood to see something really kind of you know uh, heavy or political. And uh, and I thought it was interesting just what your mood also dictates, what kind of films you see. So versus the films that you have to see versus the films that you're in the mood to see. Yeah, no, of course. I mean, you always have two or three that you, you can't miss no matter what irrelevant mood you're in. Um, and I remember, it was it two, two, three years ago? I wanted really Asian drama, but we don't have. We get to the Asian concept this later on. But this year, I wanted to go into dark comedy, and I guess it was the year, the lucky year of dark comedy, because a lot of it was brilliant and dark. Yeah, um, and this is my third Dubai International Film Festival, and I have to say, in general, I was very pleased with all the films I saw. There was only one I really intensely disliked. Um, most of them I was I was pretty pleased with, or even really greatly enjoyed. Um, I don't think there were any real, truly highlights that I'll take away. I remember one uh, two years ago where they did uh, Arabian Nights all in one day and things like that. But yeah, it was certainly a year for dark comedy, though. Although, um, like we said before, the, I guess the structure has changed um, this year because we no longer have. Oh, well, it's been a couple of years. We no longer have the Asian highlights. We no longer have a lot of those kind of groups, right? That's right. I mean, in the past, there were sections dedicated to films from Africa, sections dedicated to films from Asia, um, and then Europe as well. But this year, I think everything's lumped under, under cinema of the world. And then we also have the Arabian Nights, and then we have the Muhar, the, so the films in competition, which is split into several categories. So I think everything is lumped under cinema of the world, which takes away from a lot of films we wish would make its way to the festival. I think what it is because they've added like we never had the Mohar Emirati as heavy so this year we've had like I think five uh, I can't remember the number of it but uh, it's not even counting the shorts so for us to have more than one or two from, from, from the Gulf or let alone the Emirates itself is, is a big deal so which is why all these movies are taking space but I guess in hindsight for us it's, it's, uh, it's a bit unfortunate that we are missing out on a very large Asian cinema especially the ones that have been going around all these festivals yeah, I was surprised. There weren't, there wasn't a great selection of uh, Asian films, and in a year which, for example, Hong Sang Soo, who is one of the major filmmakers of our time, has three films out, incredible three films out this year, which are making film circuits, and not to show one of them is 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 surprising and disappointing. I would have liked to have seen that. There were some good Asian films, Centaur, uh, a, a few others, Outlaws. Um, Outlaws, which Outlaws, which was a Korean film, which was spectacular and and, and good fun, but. Uh, in general, the uh, the selection of Asian films was was just not really there. 
even Southeast Asian, we're talking about Asia in general, is, 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 a, is a lot less than usual. Although on the positive end, I think this is the first year that the shorts were impressive, especially in comparison to, well, shorts themselves and the past years of diff. Yeah, I noticed you spent a lot of time watching the shorts. I didn't get to see as many. And I think short films in general are just hard to see outside a film festival. They're not necessarily part of your regular screening at cinemas. And even during the festival, I think there was an issue with schedule, which we'll go into a bit more. But a lot of the shorts were also kind of screening at the same time, like the different uh, bulks, because they break them up into like five, six films or less at the same time. But a lot were multiple. So you, you even if you wanted to go to the cinema and watch them during the festival, you would only see a small fraction out of the entire number of short films uh, submitted this year. On the other hand, I have to say that the short films selected this year were uh, absolutely a standout. I mean, the, sh the, sh the, the uh, Arabic shorts were excellent overall. And uh, if I take one thing away from this festival, as I have taken things away in previous festivals, it will be just how good the shorts were. So definitely, I think I think the shorts is really reflecting the the Arab production in general. Whether it's Levantian, that's kind of way out there with Egyptians, and slowly with the with the Khaliji and and Emirati in specific, uh, getting there with the with the sheer amount of numbers also applying. I, I'm going to say one thing about this. I mean, the shorts were so strong that that they're in that one of the shorts is one of my top three films, which is a perfect time to cut into. So tell us, what are your top three? Well, keeping with the uh, the dark comedy. Uh, of this year, the, I'd have to say the uh, Ruben Oslin's The Square was definitely a standout. It was absolutely hilarious, just a dead-on satire of uh, of uh, contemporary life and of our obligations and rights responsibilities to other human beings within a setting and of the contemporary art world, of which it was also just a uh, just a dead-on satire. It was funny. It was moving. It was scary at sometimes. I mean, there's a there's a, an amazing scene which is straight out of Bunuel. Um, go see it. Yeah, no, I definitely did. It's also one of my top three. And the, the aspect of privilege in it is, is wonderfully presented, uh, going to that kind of the, the most specific kind of job you in our world, and then how, even if the person meant well, but just how everything trickles down. Well, the second one, as I mentioned before, the shorts that were strong uh, absolutely would have to be, uh, he goes by the Fids, Fadi, a Lebanese uh, filmmaker and comic artist. Uh, did a film called Last Days of the Man of Tomorrow. It's a half-hour-long short that should be getting a lot more recognition in play than it does. Uh, but it's just absolutely fantastic. It was just a, it's a mockumentary. It's just great use of archival footage. It was funny. It was poignant. It was moving. Um, it related deeply to the history of Lebanon. And it was, just, it was just a great film. And it's a science fiction film. It's just, it's just wonderful. And uh, I, I, I just loved it to pieces. The third one is a tough one. Uh, there were so many films that, that I could plausibly put in this slot. Um, but you're limiting to three. So I'll have to say, in keeping with the dark comedy, I'll switch mine and say that, because uh, it's all very close, but the, Armando Iannucci's The Death of Stalin was hilarious film. So with a uh, all-star uh, English cast, in addition to uh, Steve Buscemi, uh, that was uh, showing the last days of and leading up to the death of Stalin, and it was just a dead-on hilarious satire. And Yanucci, you should know from uh, the In the Loop and also the British TV series The Thick of It. Uh, In the Loop was a movie, just a bitter, biting satire of the British government in the run-up to the Iraq War. And in this case, this is all surrounding the, the death of Stalin with the, all the intrigue between the various different players in, in, the, uh, in the Communist Party 
uh, Marshall Zhukov, which is just a great, hilarious role by Jason Isaacs. Uh, Steve Buscemi plays Khrushchev. There's Beria, and, and everyone, of course, is terrified of Beria being taken out and arrested by him and tortured and shot. And it's just like, it, it's, it's very, very dark, and, and it's just laugh-out-loud funny, and it's definitely one of the highlights. And one of the things I was looking forward to seeing coming here. As for me, my top three, uh, now my number one is The Disaster Artist, and for several reasons, uh, directed and acted by James Franco. So I've been hearing amazing things about it ever since it, got, it premiered a couple of months ago, and it's based on Tommy Wiseau's and the making of The Room, known as the best worst film in history. I managed to see The Room just before watching Disaster Artist. It is a terrible film, but The Disaster Artist, a film on its own, like brilliantly acted, I'm I'm assuming James Franco is going to get nominated for the Oscars, at least for Best Actor. Um, and the other highlight whilst watching was the experience. It was in the arena, 1,000-seater, packed, and everyone was on the same page in terms of laughing. And just the energy in that room, I hadn't felt that at a cinema screening in Dubai. And that really stood out for me. And, and really funny, really well acted, and following you know, a man and his dreams, regardless of whether he's got the talent to make a film. And, and it's just really well acted, well written, well directed. So that was my number one. Number two is a film called The Seen and Unseen, a small film from Indonesia by an up-and-coming director, Camilla Andini, I think, if I'm pronouncing her name correctly. A beautiful film. It kind of touches upon uh, Balinese mythology. It goes into dreamscapes. It's about relationships between siblings and family. And, uh, and the, the main star is a young girl. And a beautiful film that you get lost in. And um, I'm really looking forward to more films by her. She's a, an extremely articulate director. She was there for the Q&A. And I'm hoping more people will get to see this film in the coming year. Uh, the third film is I'm Not a Witch by Runga Nioni. Another film I've been hearing great things about all year. So I'm glad I got to see it at the festival. Again, it's a young uh, child acting as, as the lead uh, character in the film and uh, linking to the dark comedy theme that you talked about. So this is also like a black comedy satire about witchcraft. Uh, and what it really also addresses is kind of controlling women and female and misogyny. And uh, a beautifully made film, considering the it's, I think, her first feature or, you know, independent film no major studio behind it so those are kind of my top three how about you mine are similar to, to, to what i've mentioned before uh, and apart from what we've mentioned the one that i also really really uh, uh, i guess enjoyed would be the wrong word was the lynn ramsey film and lynn ramsey was also in town for that movie which is you were never really here um i had pre-read that it was quite violent and for no reason at all but but once you see it i felt it was quite innocent actually it was so loud and scary that you, you, you sometimes don't notice the innocence or the aspect of the purity in it. So it's a beautiful balance between the dark and good which gives you a great area. And um, so in that, I mean, it's always interesting that all of us have different directions of things to see, especially that all not necessarily we don't agree with each other, but hopefully we'll have another chance to go into details of the films in some of the, few, of some of the more future episodes. Uh, so now that we've kind of talked about our films and everything else, we're going to slightly mention the the, the the negative things or things we've, we've either we've experienced ourselves or we've uh, we've we've had other people kind of mention to us because we are sometimes the critiquers of the of the Emirates and the Arab world in terms of film and culture. 
Well, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, maybe negative might be a harsh word, but it's things that they could improve on, uh, and they meaning the Dubai Film Festival. And because, yeah, there were definitely things, and it wasn't just us who were complaining about it or found issues with it. You know, we'd hear other people just randomly bring it up on their own or like, okay, at least it's not just us. Because when we talk about certain things, people just think it's kind of, you know, it's just your experience, but no one else felt it. And I know the, the one outstanding kind of black mark for the festival is the scheduling like I thought it was really quite limited in terms of the opportunities to see as many films as possible and maybe not many people have time to see as many films as we do per day but there was a time when we could watch at least three films or four films and this year it was between two and three films and I think what was extremely shocking was the first two days Thursday and Friday Friday being the weekend the first film that you could see was 6 p.m. so I was quite surprised by how the screenings are becoming later and later and even, um, you know, like uh, we know people who said, no, wait, I'm, I'm where the afternoon screenings or where the late afternoon screening. So it's quite, I mean, the number of films in general are less compared to past years, which we would hope we would be able to see more of. But they, they, they schedule so many films at the same time that it becomes really difficult. And not necessarily every film is repeated. So that's the other challenge. Yeah, no, definitely the Friday was an issue, especially that a lot of people were wondering why since they couldn't see it on, on weekdays. But I know that, Chris, you yourself had a problem jumping from film to film, even when in different areas. So even in terms of a tight schedule, it was tight running from one movie to the other. Absolutely. There were two major locations. There's Vox at Mall of the Emirates, and then there's the Medina Jumeirah. And it takes, well, a half hour is kind of optimistic but 40 minutes to an hour to get from one to the other. And many times when they would schedule a, a night screening at Medina Jumeirah, maybe at 9 o'clock, um, every single film that you could see in the slot before that at Mall of the Emirates uh, stopped at maybe 8.30 or 8.45. They didn't take into account that people might want to go and see that, that late-night film there. I mean, at the festival, uh, to their credit, they were offering free shuttle buses between the different venues, but I don't think it was 100% clear for everyone. I think maybe people in the industry, like badge holders, knew because they got the map. It's included in their welcome pack, but I think the general public is not necessarily well uh, out there in terms of, yeah, you can get on the bus from all of the Emirates to Medina Jumeirah. And even though it's a 10-minute ride, some evenings it's not a 10-minute ride just because of the traffic leading to Jumeirah Beach and Al Wasl Road, which adds, so it's it, so sometimes I skipped, I, like I, one day I could have seen three films, but the second film was so tight to the disaster artist, which I did not want to miss, I just skipped watching a second film. Um, and I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. This year, we've noticed that they did put time, a buffer time for the Q&A, but they didn't really let us know it's Q&A. So sometimes, and I even had, to, I had a big Twitter meltdown when I was going to miss one of my films and realized they put the Q&A had to run out. So if that was a bit clearer, that would make everybody schedule the time. But again, I think we were one of the few people who are a bit psychotic about watching this number amount of films. But, but this is how we met other cinephiles. This is what the whole film festival trope is about in general. Yeah, true. I mean, uh, it was only, I think, mid, halfway through the festival that we realized, because when we compared the actual running times, and again, because the likes of us are super psychotic and go into those details, we're like, oh, wait a minute, they've added this extra half hour because it was a Q&A. And, and yeah, if one had known that much earlier, yeah, we could have kind of totally said, okay, we're going to skip the Q&A and rushed out to the other venue. Um, I mean, the other screen, I mean, I feel this year I spent a lot of time at the gala screenings at Medina Jumeirah, which is something I've really not done in the past because the screenings at the gala would be, you know, scheduled again at, at the cinema. And the gala usually does take up even more because it's 20 minutes of 
commercials before the film sometimes there's a big intro because the filmmakers are there and it just becomes this big kind of like almost 40 minutes where wait I could have watched half a movie you know somewhere else um, but what I also did notice this year with the gala screenings is I think because each night is um, hosted by a sponsor just because there's the party and, and the people that turn up on these gala screenings are people who got free invitations so and the public um, um, the public can attend these screenings but they would have to pay 100 dirhams which is not the cheapest option to watch a film and it was unfortunate that a lot of screenings that were dedicated to the gala section were not screened again at Vox you know, where you could watch it for a regular price ticket I have to say though the choice of gala screenings with possibly well the opening night Hostiles wasn't was okay, uh, and to end it with Star Wars, where you can go and see that in the theater the very next day, or indeed a few hours later, and there's no UAE tie-in to the Star Wars film was a little odd to me. Yeah, I always think an opening and a closing film at a festival is a statement. Uh, what kind of statement does the film festival want to make? Hostiles was an extremely odd choice. Like, when it finished, I'm like, why was this movie selected? Uh, it was screened at TIFF. It wasn't something a lot of people talked about. I just don't understand, the, you know, starring Christian Bale. But it's not necessarily a strong film. I was hoping it would be a film that would be in my favorite films this year, but it, it's certainly not. And Star Wars, I think this whole appeal of, yeah, I think to... I think was when I went to the press conference, it was positioned as we're going to see it two days before the U.S. And I don't know, is that enough of a point to choose that as a closing film? And they also kind of announced how, it, you know, not a single empty seat is at the gala, but the film is screening at IMAX, like I think in a better dedicated screen for a film like this, almost an hour later. Like I think by the time we finished the last film on the last day, I think 45 minutes later was... Um, Star Wars on IMAX 3D and 2D at, at, at Vox so it's an odd choice and I think it becomes more about PR which Well and I have been feeling uh, there's a lot of kind of talking about Hollywood films and we're bringing you Oscar contender films and act, you know films featuring Oscar contender you know nominees um, so it, it, it is a weird choice why these films where I always think the Dubai International Film Festival should at least give a big platform for Arab films on, on Gala and it doesn't have to be a Gulf film it doesn't have to be a Marathi film there are lots of strong Arab films where it could have at least been picked for an opening or closing or both Kudos to, to the diff however for bringing the message on the last day that would have been a great closing film the message was Mustafa Akkad who was a uh, film producer best known for uh, producing the Halloween series of movies did a film in the 70s with uh, mostly British cast and Anthony Quinn and of uh, telling the story of the the prophethood of Muhammad and his time although Muhammad's not pictured uh, and, and uh, it was just a, one of these long, uh, sprawling, kind of Lawrence Arabia-type uh, films. And uh, it had been out of circulation, and it was recently restored. His son, who's also a film producer and writer, had it restored, and it was it was great to see it. Yeah, it, it was uh, the first uh, uh, opportunity. I think it was like almost a premiere to screen in the restored version. I think it goes into theatrical screenings um, next year. So that was... Again, as uh, Chris said, a long movie, and there was not much promotion from it, to be honest with you, and it was just slotted on the last day, which is fine, but I was surprised by the lack of promoting a film like this. Like, even during the press conference, there was no mention that, look, one of our highlights is we're bringing you in, you know, a restored Arab, uh, or 
a restored film like The Message. And there was another restored film, Ila uh, Ain, Where To, a Lebanese film. It's uh, celebrating its 60 years. It was the first Lebanese film that uh, took part at the Cannes Film Festival in 1957. It was screened again this year 90, uh, at Cannes, and, and that was allocated to be screened at the beach. So it's a kind of public, family-friendly venue. And there was no mention of it, I think, promotion-wise. I didn't see much, you know, like in press or social media. And I just found it quite disheartening to see two major films, you know, important in the Arab world and how they didn't get as much push compared to obviously any film that had like Hollywood names or films from Hollywood or again throwing in things like Oscar contender, Oscar contender. And in general, we didn't really see the smaller films being pushed as well, I think, on social media or, or press. And and it, it's again, a, a, as a role as a film festival, I know there's the, the importance of showing big films, but also that there should be a role for the festival to push the smaller films as well, you know, and create this curiosity for people to go and see films they'd never heard of or never will have an opportunity to see them at the cinema. Yeah, it would have been, I, that was one I really wanted to see and was disappointed that it was at the beach because, again, to return to the scheduling issues, it would have meant I would have had to given up seeing something else in, 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 and, and missed out another slot, you know, in, in just to get there in time and uh i one good thing i think that they did was they put it in some family friendly kind of ferdinand played i didn't see it it's not really my type of film but it was good and i saw the kids and they were all dressed up and 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 that looks like it was well promoted so yeah i mean the kids gal i think is a big thing at the festival they've been doing it for a long time and it's cute like we've seen kind of the little girls you know dressed up and the boys in like little mini suits with their parents on on the weekends uh, but like you said there is that angle but even this year i think it was less films for kids in the past days there were more films uh, targeting children and family at the cinema and even th- this year is another one where it's you know kind of we're seeing less off yeah i, I guess uh, like we said overall the the distribution has been kind of limited to a few certain things although I guess in, when it comes back to the positive of it I did see a lot of films that I happily enjoyed um, but then again we go through everything but one of the last things I want to kind of point out from the from the from the screening aspect of it the negative bit is the sold out they keep advertising like it's a good thing but a lot of times it isn't sold out it's either because sometimes people get free tickets and or one of the other banks sponsoring you buy one you get one free and they just give it to you so a lot of people just kind of don't end up going and but then what happens is a lot of people who don't have tickets get afraid of having to queue for no reason and we keep trying to explain to them no no if you queue it's okay especially for the bigger screens and I think except for one or two um, which I was like the Palestinian films which I was surprised were in a smaller screen were full but the rest were never full so it's a shame that this would kind of go against people um, wanting to queue and, and possibility although having said that, there were always a lot of queues of people queuing even an hour before they are allowed to queue because they're afraid to do that space which you would get anyway yeah, it, it, it's an odd one because, yeah, press-wise it sounds like, I mean, publicity-wise it sounds okay, these films are all sold out, but the reality is nine out of ten films we've been to, there, you know, we'd see at least a couple of rows empty. Uh, another one where we're hoping there's room to improve in terms of, um, you know, our thoughts about the festival is the website. <laughs> well, and I, I think we, I really struggled with the website. It's least mobile when we're trying to look at the schedules on, on our phone. It wasn't the most mobile-friendly website. But just in general, I think they redesigned the website, and it was not an easy-to-navigate kind of website. Was there a downloadable PDF of the schedule? Because I never could find it. 
actually after I dug around and again and again I did find another one other than the one I printed but it takes a while uh, to, and different layers but actually the main problem was the timings usually and in all different film festival things you'd find the timings on the side this one you had to roll over the photo which I discovered accidentally to get the to get the timing so and having, I mean, both Hind and I work in digital kind of media when it comes to this. So hiding the most important thing of buy the ticket here and when's the timing would, is, is very unbeneficial for it. So in that sense, I don't want them to get better. I just want them to go back to the older site because at least that one had a basic navigation system that was good. But then if, I guess, but having mentioned all of these, um, I do want to end on a very, very positive note is the staff and the volunteers. Every year they get better and better, and and this year they were fantastic. I even kind of a few of them we started to kind of talking to them and, and interacting with them, and they all do love cinema. And apart from the different years, they know what's going on most of the time. And even when they didn't, they 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 start to know how to talk to us. I remember at one point I was in a gala and I asked a question, and the and or somebody else asked a question, and and the, and the poor volunteer told them in a little bit like I don't know, let me ask, and then the. The, the head of the volunteers, the head person, like, never say, I don't know. Uh, and then he's like, no, no, I, m I meant that I don't know English that well, so I'll ask somebody else. So even in that sense, it was really well, well controlled. So much so that I did thank them all, the ones that I found the last day. And that's great that at least our, our young generation here um, or got be selected better and there's a better process of, of vetting them and talking to them and it's not even the cinema staff by itself but it's the extension of it it's, it's the bus staff it's the, the other guys who are kind of working around it absolutely I, I, I really shout out to the to the volunteers and to the staff uh, I had a disaster one day when I lost my phone on the bus uh, on my way from Medina Jumeirah to the mall and uh, everyone I, I interacted with, the, 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 the bus dis dispatcher, the bus drivers, the volunteers, the other staff members and all just went, went out of their way to help me. And finally, the next day I recovered it. And I, I just can't thank them enough. They were all great. That wraps up our episode about the Dubai International Film Festival. Thank you, Chris, for joining us. It was my pleasure. And uh, please uh, follow, listen, subscribe to Tea with Culture on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. And until next time.